0: The Michael Duke Show. I have two guns, one
1: for each of you. Firearms Friday. As Thomas Jefferson stated, it is the right and duty of the people to be at all times armed. To be at all times armed. Say
0: hello to
2: my new friend! I
0: say that the Second Amendment is, in order of importance, the First Amendment. The right to keep and bear arms is the one right that allows rights to exist at all.
3: The right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Not be infringed. Firearms
0: from my cold dead hands.
4: Friday.
2: It's my This oh, my gun. This is for. It's for fun.
4: Firearms Friday. Good morning, my friends. It's Friday. Stand by for news. <laughs> If you're old enough to remember that, then uh, you and I can be friends. If you're old enough to remember that, then you and I can be friends and uh, we can hang out together. That's what. (laughs) Remember that? You remember that? That always used used to bring a smile to my face. Um, If you know, you know. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Welcome to it. It is Firearms Friday. Uh, your chance to sound off on issues of a Second Amendment nature right here on The Michael Duke Show. Every Friday, we dedicate uh, a goodly portion of the show to the Second Amendment, uh, to gun rights, to discussions on gun laws, and, uh, and everything else. It's uh, what I like to call my weekly therapy session, where I get a chance to... Espouse and expound on some things that I care about, and uh, something that I think is uniquely American and uniquely important to the fabric of the country. I know that that's a I know that's a pretty tall statement, but uh, I think it's true. Personally, I I think it's true. So since it's my show, we're going to continue to operate on that premise. So today on the program. <clears throat> We've got uh, Dr. John Lott from the Crime Prevention Research Center and authors of uh, many books, including uh, The War on Guns, More Guns, Less Crime, The Myth About Gun Control. Uh, he's a statistician, and he is the president of the Crime Prevention Research Center. He's going to be coming on board today to talk with us about uh, a couple of his latest articles, one that he did that was in America's First Freedom, uh, talking about the numbers from the UCR, the Uniform Crime report, and uh, why uh, the numbers that keep coming out of the FBI, uh, that there's just there's there's some there's some reason to distrust some of the numbers and we'll talk about that. And that's important because the UCR is used all the time in trying to justify certain things, to enact policy, and to do a lot of different things. So that's one of the stories. We're also going to talk about uh, his piece that he wrote uh, over at the Crime Prevention Research Center uh, back at the end of last month where he was talking about the overall drop in the number of concealed carry licenses and um, that there's a good reason for it. Um, so don't be alarmed if you see that there's a continual drop in the number of concealed carry license. There is some reasoning behind that, and we'll talk about that, uh, as well with Dr. Lott. So this should be a, should be a fun show. Uh, normally, uh, on the first, or excuse me, on the second, uh, uh, Friday of the month, we also have Chris Chang, Top Shot Champion. Uh, but Chris reached out to me last night, and he is under the weather. He is ill not feeling well and asked to beg off. So we wish him and his uh, family a very Merry Christmas. And we will talk to him again in January. So no Chris chain today, but we will finish up the show <clears throat> with Willie waffle waffle Hello, Willie. He's going to be coming on board and talking with us about the latest in the entertainment industry and, um, uh, and the streaming movies services. We're going to get some reviews and, do some stuff like that. So that's uh, that's what we got for uh, all of today. So appreciate you coming out and joining us today. Uh, also, some housekeeping, uh, just again, so in case folks are not aware. And it is Firearms Friday, so I'm happy to announce I actually <clears throat> took a look at uh, a couple of the things that I had laying around. And I am going to be uh, adding to the... Holiday Recipe Contest. Now, if you don't know what that is, uh, up on my Facebook page, there's a post that's got a beautiful holiday spread table, you know, with all this Christmas goody foods on it and stuff. That's the Holiday Recipe Contest where you share your favorite um, holiday recipe. You just post it in the comments, and then you share that with all your friends and say, go vote for me. And they come out and they vote for you a thumbs up and they give you the likes and the loves and everything. And whoever walks away with the most number of interactions, likes and loves, is going to be the winner. Now, there's a benefit to this. One is that you get to share your favorite recipe with everybody else. And two, we all get to can we all get to benefit from it? Because we can go out there and there's a bunch of recipes that I've already copied off the off the page because some of these look really good, and uh, so we're going to try them out uh, around my household here uh, this year. Uh, but that that was the whole benefit of just because you know Christmas is all about the food and the fun and the family and everything else. Uh, but the sharing that food is always a great thing, and uh, I have now added. Uh, there's actually going to be more than one winner. There's going to be two winners. So the top two now, whoever gets the, the most is going to get their choice of prizes. So we've got on um, prize package number one is a bag of beard curler coffee and a six o'clock club coffee mug. That's the just you, you, you go, you go, you get it. Uh, your choice uh, of that. And then the second uh, pa- prize package is a pair of certificates to point-blank firearms and self-defense in uh, Wasilla. Um, and that is for a basic pistol course. Those are valued at about $250 for the pair of them. So you get, um, you can choose either one. So if you live outside of the Wasilla or, you know, reasonable driving distance from Wasilla and you don't want the certificates, then you can get the coffee, and the, which has a much lesser value, I know. But it's, it's from my heart, so maybe it has more value. I don't know. But so you can choose the first winner will choose which prize package they want. And the second winner will get the second prize package. Just another way to entice you to go out there and put your recipe up on the page. If you live anywhere near the South Central area uh, in Wasilla within, you know, 50, 60, 70 miles, probably worth it for the $250 worth of certificates to point blank firearms. So <clears throat> you, uh, you'll want to check that out. All right. Um, we're going to. Sorry, I've got uh, Doctor Lot. I'm trying to get him, uh, trying to get him squared away this morning um, uh, on the deal. So let me. We're gonna send him the link here for this morning show, and we're going to uh, do our best here to uh, get everything uh, get everything done. Uh, we're gonna be covering it with him. He's gonna be joining us here in about uh, ten minutes. A uh, little bit of snow outside. little little bit of snow. Uh, we're seeing uh, I got about um, oh I don't know three inches here, four inches maybe, uh, but it was supposed to be up to up to eight inches down in Anchorage. Yeah, this poor town that, that those folks down there, they just cannot get away from uh, they cannot get away from all the snow. They, they just cannot get away and of course they're still trying to dig themselves out uh from all that uh from all that stuff from the previous you know previous early november so it's uh, <clears throat> it's going to be a it's going to be an interesting one we'll just say that we'll just we'll we'll make it we'll make it good all right uh so dr lot is uh on his way here in a few minutes what are some of the uh uh, what are some of the stories we're going to be covering? Uh, okay, we've got Dr. Lott's stories about the UCR and concealed carry stats. We also got a discussion about Chuck Schumer's gun ban that he was trying to get in, the what they call the Go Safe Act, which is the ghost, which is the ghost, which is the gas operated semi-automatic firearm something. Um, which if you actually read into this, this is not about assault weapons. This is about all semi-automatic, it's in the name, go safe, gas-operated semi-automatic firearms. It, it's, it's literally there. This is the new Mark II. It's not just an assault weapons ban. This is a gun ban. And uh, he's trying to signal a new era with the demise of Feinstein, uh, and so uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that. <sighs> we're also going to talk about uh, range safety and a video, apparently, that has been going around on Twitter Um, that, well, I, I can't even, I mean, I, I cringe just to talk about it, but we will be talking about it in hour two. And uh, also, Michelle uh, Luhan Grisham, yeah, she finally... She finally is uh, is is getting some more pushback on her uh, attempt to regulate firearms in New Mexico. More bad news for her, although not as much of some bad news as we'd like to hear. But there's still some mental gymnastics going on in the judicial community over what she's doing. But uh, she's continuing to lose. Let's just put it that way. She's continuing to lose. Sorry that she can't uh, she can't be the queen for the day and rule from on high via edict and uh, and royal decree, but uh, she's gonna be she's gonna be facing some of that. So those are just a few of the stories that we're covering today. Uh, coming up on Monday's program, we're going to have um, uh, Dr. Greg Hammer on how to beat the winter blues in hour one, and in hour two uh, we're going to be talking with Cindy Bertram about um cruises how a cruise is the perfect holiday and i know some of you are like yes and some of you are like no i've never been on a cruise i've always kind of thought about it and so i thought it would be interesting to bring this uh, this uh, this uh, lady on and talk to her about all the different aspects of it and what's good and what's bad and uh, i had a conversation with her yesterday a bit and uh, it should be a roller coaster uh, she's a fast talker and she, she lays it all out. So it should, it should be, it should be fun and exciting. That's all I'm, it's all I'm looking for right now. Fun and exciting. Next week, uh, we're going to try and keep it again as low key as possible. And then the following week, oh, this goes back to the recipe contest. The 19th will be the final day. Tuesday, the 19th will be the final day to submit and get all your votes. So it behooves you to get your recipe up there early and then get a lot of time to vote on it. Because on Wednesday morning, the 20th, I'm announcing the winner. And Wednesday, the 20th, by the way, is my final day of broadcast for the year. Mike Shower will be joining us, and I'm working on some other folks for that week. I, we're just going to do nothing but Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of that week. So what is that, the 18th, 19th, and 20th? It's going to be just all Christmassy stuff as much as you can stomach. It's going to be amazing, and I can't wait. So we're, we're ready to go. All right, uh, coming up on the break Again, Dr. John Lott's going to be joining us here In just a hot second Please uh, stick around Dr. Lott's up next The Michael Duke Show It is Firearms Friday I hope you're feeling it I hope you're feeling that Christmas spirit Getting ready to If not It might be because of All that Commercialism Just get rid of the commercialism and just enjoy the reason for the season. We're back with more right after this.
5: He was pumped for Christmas. Woo! I'm pumped for Christmas! Ow! So Marty just bought himself everything he wanted. Yeah. Because Marty has no friends. Uh that turned dark. It's the Michael Duke's show.
4: Okay. Okay. Are you ready? Are you ready? I'm singing because I'm singing uh go through the comments here uh what's uh what's happening my friends uh four inches of snow yesterday in uh, down in uh the uh, uh, Homer lower Peninsula four inches up here uh, good morning uh at least it's warmer I mean this weather is killing my wife because her her migraines a lot of times she gets migraines and they get triggered by rapid swings in the weather and it was like <laughs> on wednesday it was like 24 degrees yesterday it was like 3 degrees and this morning it's like 21 degrees already and 4 inches of snow you know it's just, she's just like she's holding her head and groaning like oh i feel so bad for her uh, but uh it should be should be good. Okay. Um, what a reason to distrust the government uh, is in the sarcasm font. Uh TGI FF to you as well, Jeffrey. Thank you for uh, dialing in. You guys got real quiet all of a sudden. What's happening? What are you doing? She's not alone, said Rick. TGI 15 below. Uh, says Chris. TGI. Thank goodness it's 15 below, says Chris. I, that's, uh, congratulations, question mark, Um, I guess. You're excited that it's 15 below? I can't ever remember a time when I was excited that it was 15 below, even when I was a younger, much younger, living in Fairbanks. I mean, I got to tell you. I love the people in Fairbanks, and there are certain aspects of Fairbanks that I love. The one thing that I do not love is the weather. Hate is not too strong a word for that. I mean, I mean, I know my folks live there still and my sisters and, you know, uh, my my dad and mom just love it there. But I got to tell you, I I've just as I've gotten older, I've learned to just hate that cold weather. Uh I mean when it gets down near zero here, I start to get a little grumpy. I mean, it could have something to do with a little bit that I have frostbite in my hands and my fingers. My fingers, even with gloves on and everything else, they just they start to just hurt. Uh and it could be that I'm just sick and tired of it. Blah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So anyway, but nonetheless, I am full of Christmas cheer and Christmas spirit. I'm ready to just enjoy the holiday time with family and friends. We were talking yesterday about uh, my t- wife and I were going through the gr- the Christmas lists and the gifts and making sure we got everything we need and getting ready to plan for the holiday meals and it's an exciting time. It is a super exciting time, and I'm looking forward to it. So it's going to be great. It's horribly cold in Kodiak, says uh, Teresa. 23 degrees in Soldovia. Oof. Man. Okay. Um, And Rick says he's got a sweet recipe he's going to try and post. It involves buttermilk. I mean, I would never drink buttermilk straight, but... I mean in recipes it's delicious there's some good stuff in there. I see Dr. Lott is in the green room although oh, I can't see his camera but I see that he has joined us. Let's uh, go over there real quick here we got about 40 seconds before the segment's supposed to start. Let's add him up and see if he's uh, see if he's with us. Are you with us Dr. Lot? Uh, apparently not. So we're going to continue. He'll be rejoining in just a moment. Here we go, the Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Like, share, subscribe, ring the bell, do all the stuff. Uh, let's get to it. Um, here we go. I mean, it's a, you know, here, here we. <sighs> I'm ready. All right. Welcome back to The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Dr. John Lott, I just gave him a call on the phone. Are you with us, Dr. Lott?
1: I am. I'm oh. having a little trouble with my Wi-Fi, and for some reason, the stream link that you sent always seems to work with Wi-Fi. I tried to do it on my phone. Oh, it's... But, uh, uh,
4: yeah, well, it, it usually will... I know it'll work with phones and tablets, but... Uh, we can just do it this way if you'd like. That's uh, if that's easier for you so we don't have to futz with it, I'm I'm okay with that. Up to you totally. If you'd like to try it again.
1: Okay. Well uh- all right, no, I appreciate you your flexibility. Yeah, all no, right, no so. problem,
4: no problem. I'll just, I'll in the background here. I'll put together a, I'll put together a, a, a picture of you and everything and get it going on. I appreciate you coming on. First of all, let me wish you a Merry Christmas. I don't think I responded properly to your text for Thanksgiving. Thank, happy, uh, happy holidays okay. and Merry Christmas to you.
1: Yeah, well, Merry Christmas to you.
4: Yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited to talk about uh, some stuff. Uh, a couple things uh, that I wanted to talk about, John. First and foremost, um, uh, this this whole thing that you uh, in America's first freedom that you uh, that you wrote about um, is this idea that there, you know, that there's there's a long history, and and there's been a reason for quite a while for. Folks to kind of be distrustful of the FBI. I mean, historically, they've been held up as the preeminent law enforcement, the boys in blue, always, you know, always faithful, a bunch of Boy Scouts. But more and more over the last 10, 15 years, um, it's uh, I mean, we're putting aside the whole J. Edgar Hoover thing to begin with. But we're finding that maybe there is some reasons to be a little bit distrustful. And it really comes down to the UCR, the Uniform Crime Report, because it's used for so many things. And you've discovered that uh, things are not always as they seem uh, in the FBI for that. So give us some details here.
1: Well, I worked in the Department of Justice up until January uh, 2021. And, uh, I mean, I've used FBI data for, I don't know, uh, since the 1980s uh and maybe even a little bit before that but the uh uh i have to say i've kind of gotten to the point where i'm very skeptical that the fbi provides unbiased data on things that uh that it's essentially politics has corrupted a lot of their data everything from their hate crime data to uh their active shooting reports um and uh And there are issues now about uh, what percent of the country is even accurately reporting um, the uniform crime report data. And, you know, this is something everybody from the media to academics uh, to court decisions and other things rely on this data. So it's very troubling uh, what the implications of this are. Um, And, uh, you know, I. I can't say this is true for the whole FBI because I didn't deal with the whole FBI, but I dealt when I was. I served as senior advisor for research and statistics in both the Office of Justice Programs and the Office of Legal Policy at the Department of Justice. Um, Part of my job was to oversee uh, and look at the types of reports that the FBI puts out and there, there are real, real Issues of political bias. When you would point out errors to them in the data, they would refuse to fix it. Uh, they would fight you tooth and nail, even to go and get data to be able to look at different types of issues. Uh, if, if somehow uh, the data that you were looking for uh, was uh, something that didn't fit kind of their political agenda
4: that's and that's and that's really frustrating because again this the uh the UCR the uniform crime report it is used for not only for a policy making tool but also it's used by many members of the press and other things to show all these statistics and everything else and so if you have flawed you know any f- flawed data creates flawed premises and everything else it creates a real problem for those of us in the gun community who are sh- trying to show just cause in why we believe the things that we believe, and if they're not willing to, uh, if they're not willing to actually fix problems in data, then it shows just how far the politicization of this organization has come.
1: Right. No, I, I think that's exactly right. And uh, I now mean, I worked in the federal government during the 1980s and i worked again uh more recently uh and there's been a sea change when i worked in the 1980s if you found that there was a problem with the data uh and you let people know about it they would fix it if they agreed with you that there was a problem with the data but uh, now uh, it's a very different attitude that people have and it's uh and it's i think it's very troubling
4: the uh, couple of I mean, examples. I can
1: give you an example. Yeah, no, I was just going to say you examples.
4: A couple of examples would be good. Uh, I know that you've talked about sure. active shooter incidents, and I know you've talked about uh, defensive gun uses as well. Uh, go ahead, give us uh, give us some examples of what you're talking about here.
1: <clears throat> well, one one of the tasks that I wanted to work on when I went to uh, Washington this last time uh, was to go and look at. Uh, the errors in the next background check system. You know, you'll frequently hear the claim that there are four million dangerous prohibited people that have been stopped from buying guns because of background checks. And that's simply wrong. What they should say is that there have been four million initial denials, and about ninety-nine percent of those are mistakes. Virtually all those are what we call false positives. It's one thing to stop a felon from buying a gun. It's another thing to stop somebody simply because they have roughly phonetically similar names and similar birthdays. Um, you know, you, you you look at different presidents. Uh, when you have a Democratic president, Republicans attack them for not enforcing the gun control laws. When you have a, a Republican president, the Democrats attack them. And the number one exhibit to as evidence that they're not enforcing the gun control laws is, look, that you have. Hundreds of thousands of these denials each year, and you see maybe twenty uh, prosecutions. Uh, you know, right, and right. and the other party will say, "Well, you know, you're not enforcing the law." And you know, if you talk to the people actually involved in enforcing the law, they'll say, "Well, we'd be happy to enforce these. These are easy cases if they're real." But the problem is, is that These are not real cases, you know, you got somebody simply because they have a roughly phonetically similar name and similar birthday to somebody that you really do want to stop. And that's not the same thing. And so uh, uh, and so what I wanted to do uh, was to get data uh, on, on kind of who exactly are the people who are most discriminated against with these mistakes. And from everything I understood, it was basically minorities. People tend to have names similar to others in their racial group. Hispanics have names similar to other Hispanics. Blacks tend to have names similar to other blacks. I would have, you know, I assume that kind of American natives uh, have names similar to other American natives. And so, um, and you know, you have about thirty-three percent of black males in the United States are felons. Um, About 18% of Hispanic males are felons, about 6% of white males are felons, and about 3% of Asian males are felons. And so, you know, you're much more likely uh, to get these mistakes among Hispanics and blacks than you are, let's say, among whites and Asians. Uh, And so I wanted to get the data on what the rate of mistakes were. Uh, I went When I went to Washington, I talked to the people at the Bureau of Justice Statistics, and uh, they were very interested in looking into this, and they c- contacted the FBI uh, to go and get the data because the Bureau of Justice just Statistics are the people who analyze the data, and the FBI are the people who essentially collect it. And the FBI said, no, they weren't interested in looking at it. And the Bureau of Justice assistant people said, well, you know, it's not your decision what we should be looking at. (laughs) Right. That's really not your your call. (laughs) Right. It's your decision to provide us with the data for the analysis that we do. And um, anyway, the FBI uh, got back and said, "Well, uh, we can't see any reason why anybody would want to break down this data by race and sex, uh, so we're not going to give it to." You. And uh, and uh, my response was, "You guys break down everything by race and sex. I mean, what's the deal here with with this?" And so we argued back and forth for a while, and then they just kind of disappeared. You have to understand, this was during COVID, and. Uh, uh, you know, like so on my floor, uh there were probably about three hundred desks on the floor, uh, in my office, and uh and on most days uh I was the only person that was showed up for work on my floor or the floor above or the floor below. And uh so it's not like you could go over to somebody's office and bang on their door and get them to respond. Uh you would send them emails and text messages or voice leave voice messages and uh you know and if they didn't respond they didn't respond and so anyway they went radio silent for a while and um uh finally uh uh, a couple days after the election uh they got back to us after a long you know radio silence there and they said okay uh, you're going to have to fill out a FOIA request in order to get this data. And that even if you can fill it out today, there's no way that we're going to be able to get this done until after January 20th. And so uh, there's no reason to even bother filling it out. Wow. I mean, this is just crazy. I mean, first of all, this is, if uh, just so your listeners know, FOIA requests are things that <laughs> you... <laughs>
4: It's the public. If you're it's, a reporter, yeah, it's the public. Yeah, yeah, it's a private yeah, citizen it, trying to get information, not governmental agency right. to governmental is, agency, right?
1: Well, this is like one part. It's even this is one part of the Department of Justice getting data from the other part of the Department of Justice. So they're within the same agency, and they're and it's their job to get the data from the other, and so, um, and uh, it was just crazy, and and and. And you know, to make it worse, saying that, well, you know it, we're not going to be able to get this done, this is data that should take like 10 minutes to put together. right? Not you know, months. And so anyway, uh, uh, the Bureau of Justice Statistics people argue with the FBI again, and the FBI basically uh, <laughs> argues for a while and then goes radio silent again. And then uh, the Thursday before Thanksgiving, um, I get a call from a guy named Grover Norquist. Uh, Grover is kind of a big conservative muckety-muck in DC. My guess is you probably have had him on your program once or twice in the past, and he's well-connected politically. Anyway, Mark Meadows, who's the uh, was the chief of staff for the White House at the time, and somebody that I know a little bit, um, had asked Grover what things uh, the White House could still accomplish before the end of the Trump administration. And so anyway, uh, Grover calls me up because Grover and I wrote a book together about a decade or so ago, and uh, we know each other well. And uh he knew I was at the Department of Justice. So I give him two ideas. One of them is the one we're just talking about right now. The other is something to do with the act of shooting. And so anyway, Grover talks to Mark. Mark tells him that he likes the two ideas and that uh he will uh call up Bill uh Bill Barr on Monday and basically convey that the White House wants the Department of Justice to to accomplish three things before the end of the administration, two of them are mine. And so anyway, uh, my understanding is that Mark contacted Bill and that Bill then basically informed the FBI people uh, that morning uh, to go and stop goofing around and to work on this stuff. Well, by three o'clock that afternoon, Politico which is kind of the inside the beltway kind of political thing. Some former Washington Post reporters put uh, this together, um, comes out with the story at the top of their website saying, Controversial pro gun researcher joins Department of Justice. So what happened was, is that rather than just kind of working with me on the stuff, these guys at the Department of Justice, at the FBI, basically went to reporters to complain about having to work with me
4: (laughs) and uh not not the fact that they'd been stonewalling you for months but the fact that oh now now they're gonna announce it's not like you hadn't been around for a while it was like this is all a big secret uh dr john lott is our guest hold the line here dr lott for just a second we're going to uh we're going to continue here in just a moment uh, we're talking about the UCR, the Uniform Crime Report, the statistics, the Department of Justice, his time there. We're going to continue this discussion in just a moment. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Don't go anywhere.
5: It's the Michael Dukes Show. Oh, it's a magical Christmas time again. Your kids are counting on you. Yeah, Dad! Now, if only someone would do something for you. Honey! Headache! Oh. Streaming live every weekday morning, 6 to 9 a.m. on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com.
4: All right, we're in the break right now. Dr. John Lott is our guest, and uh, we've been talking. I mean, you know, again, John, I kind of highlighted before the the idea that... uh, the, that the FBI were the Golden Boys, right? They were the Boy Scouts. They were the ones that were, you know, no matter what else was going on, they were the ones that were looking out for America, and they were the people that you could trust. I mean, again, putting aside the whole J. Edgar Hoover thing and the Secret Files and all that kind of stuff, they had a pretty shiny reputation. But as we go on further and further, it's getting to be very obvious that there is, there is a lot of activity in the FBI that is not above board that there is not that there is there's some not it's not just even political it's punitive it's bureaucratic morass it's i mean this kind of thing where you said where they sneak your name you had been working for the administration for a while all of a sudden it's like oh hey this guy's here point him you know point him out he's a radical gun guy uh i mean that just seems that's just insane
1: all right well they yeah i mean unfortunately uh you 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 have people who are very, you know, strong-willed Democrats who have very strong views on the world, and uh, you know, you, you've often had civil service uh, be heavily Democrat. But uh, you know, at least, uh, at least, even if you disagreed with politically with people, the notion that you want to get the data right uh, was something that. People would agree with and then you would go and debate things from there but uh i think at some point along the line people realized that it was a lot easier to control the kind of the political debate if you could control what type of data is there
4: yeah it's i mean it's crazy and it's and we'll we'll get back into this when we come back but again i don't think most people understand the 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 inner workings of you know how much the Uniform crime reports and those statistical those data points, how much they're used, um, not just by you know the media and anti-gunners and everything else, but for policy sake. I mean, they use it for policy justifications. And so, if the data is incorrect, it's like a scientist starting off on a false premise and you know running completely amok. If the foundational data sure. is incorrect, then the whole the whole premise becomes skewed and and becomes tainted and. And apparently that's working by design.
1: Uh, Unfortunately, uh, that's kind of the case these days. Yeah, Um,
4: it's very, it's very, when
1: I uh, go uh, ahead, I had people ask me, you know, how is it possible that you could have uh, the FBI go and spy uh, on a a presidential campaign uh, or even when you had Trump in there, have the FBI go and uh, kind of uh, bias social media against Trump um, you know how can you have this without kind of leaks occurring without whistleblowers coming forward? And the reason explanation is pretty simple if you have everybody who agrees with everybody else uh, who are involved in a particular process, then it's not too surprising that you yeah. you don't have leaks.
4: Well that just shows how inculcated the the FBI higher ups and the and the and the and the high level bureaucrats and the and the and the lifetimers that are in there. It just shows you how in the bag they are for a specific set of philosophies or or, or beliefs. Instead of being as they're supposed to be, non biased, upholders of the law, constitutional, doing the right thing. I mean, this idea that you have to get one area of your department to get a FOIA to get information from the other area of your department—just, I mean, that's that's insane. That should be, that should have been a national news story right there. On that part alone, we're just trying to get some numbers here, right. Well, uh, you know, I guess they viewed getting those numbers as threatening in some way. But um, well probably because yeah, it would have okay. exposed probably because it would it would have exposed some of the bias and exposed some of the, the behaviors of what was going on. I would assume, I mean, wouldn't that be a logical assumption at that point?
1: Well, I mean, I think it would go against kind of the gun control narrative that's out there and a lot of people have a lot invested in it. You know, if you go and you say uh you know saying four million dangerous prohibited people is a lot more impressive over a couple decades than to go or uh, let's see uh you know three decades uh, is a lot more impressive than to go and say that you know we have you know thousands tens of thousands of uh, of people that have been stopped right uh, over many decades
4: right wait well, so it inflates uh, the numbers yeah I can see know. that
1: right and to go and say you have millions of law-abiding citizens who have been stopped from buying guns uh through no fault of their own simply because they have a roughly phonetically similar name and similar birthday to somebody that you really want to stop
4: right exactly all right well hold the line here doctor we're going to jump back into this we're 15 seconds out dr john lott president of the crime prevention research center is our guest We're going to continue this discussion uh, right now. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio.
5: What the hell is an assault weapon? What isn't? If I assault you with a penguin, doesn't that make it an assault weapon? Does this mean that if we hurt your feelings, you'd consider The Michael Dukes Show Assault Radio? (laughs) Okay, we can live with that. Here's Michael Dukes.
4: We're back. Dr. John Lott, our guest president of the CPRC, the Crime Prevention Research Center. We're talking about his time at the Department of Justice and the uh, fallacious data that seems to be... uh you know, very prolific in the UCR, the Uniform Crime Report, which is important. Uh, I don't think many people really understand how deeply that affects many things. The Uniform Crime Report, it doesn't exist in a vacuum. It's not just spouted by anti-gun zealots seeking to undermine the idea that armed citizens can make a difference. Uh, It's also used for policy and justification for other things. And if the data is wrong, it's it's a real problem. Um, Dr. Lott, you just talked about the, the statistics of denials in the NICS system, but you also take took a look at the active shooter reports and said, uh, you right. know, talking about how the armed citizens stopped only 14 of 302 active shooter incidents. But you said that rate is five, six, eight times less than what it should actually be.
1: All right. So, uh What happens with the active shooting reports the fbi uh has basically hired a group at texas state university to go through and uh look at news reports to find cases uh police departments around the country don't collect this and so they rely on news reports to put this together so you have to understand an active shooting case is a instance where guns fired in public to go after, to try to hurt somebody, anything from one person being shot at and missed all the way up to a mass public shooting. They look at cases in public that don't involve uh, another type of crime, like a robbery or a gang fight over drug turf. And uh, You know, uh, as you say, uh, the FBI would claim from over the nine years from like Uh, 2014 through 2022, that about 4.6% of these uh, active shooting cases involved a civilian uh, who's legally carrying a gun stopping the attack. Uh, When I was at the Department of Justice, I was asked to look at that. you know, I could see pretty quickly, without a huge amount of effort, that they were missing uh, cases that were there where civilians had stopped these attacks, and uh, I pointed that out to them. Uh, they never fixed any of the ones that were there, um, and uh, and and if I've continued working on it after I left the Department of Justice, and what you find is that. Uh, it's just case after case. They rather than four, uh, if you include the uh, fourteen, rather if you include the cases that they also misclassified. Uh, they had some cases that they classified as security guards when, in fact, it was just a civilian. Uh, you have like the white settlement church uh, near Fort Worth in December 2019. Um, Uh, which they said was a security guard, I actually talked to the man there who uh, stopped the attack, and he said, look, uh, the ministers basically said, look, anybody who has a concealed carry permit can carry on church property, we'll just call you an honorary security guard. Nobody got paid. They didn't even have to tell people whether or not they were carrying or not. Uh, They just showed up, and uh, they, they were appreciated that they were carrying. And it's fortunate that they had people that were carrying one day when there was an attack on the, on the church there. And, uh, you know, it's just uh, crazy stuff there uh, that they won't fix these things uh, when you point them out to them. So rather than 4.6%, uh, I think it's about 36%. If you actually just look at the data for 2022, which I think is most accurate. Uh, you find over 40% of the active shooting cases were stopped by civilians, and it, one argument I had with the FBI when I was w- at the Department of Justice was, look, you you have to separate out gun-free zones. You're talking about law-abiding citizens stopping these attacks, and if it's illegal for them to go and carry a gun in a particular place, you can't uh, expect them. Uh, to go and uh, uh, you can't expect them to go and carry in places where it's illegal for them to carry. And if you do that, if you separate out the gun free zones from the other places, what you find is that uh, over 60% of these active shooting cases were actually stopped by law abiding citizens uh, who were carrying guns. so anyway,
4: it, I, it's, um, I mean, it's astonishing, I mean, just the raw numbers, even before you separate out gun free zones four point six percent to almost forty percent that's insane i mean that th- that they would right. underplay it that much. It shows you that there is a tremendous amount of bias in that, and that is. It's shocking. You should write a book about your time in the White House and and or in the uh, in the administration and the and the DOJ and uh, expose some of this stuff, because this is I mean, that's just that's nutty. I mean, that, that they would do that. It well, just... I mean,
1: I've I've written op eds on it and I've gone and, uh, you know, I talk on national and other radio shows such as yours about it and TV. But I've written a number of op-eds on it. uh, That's out there, you know. I guess uh, I I can write a book too. But it's just, you know, you try to point out this type of stuff, and uh, because I think it, you know, it creates real concerns for people about absolutely. uh,
4: well, it asks the question of who's watching the watchers, right? I mean, if they're supposed to be the ones right. that are the last line of defense for your civil and constitutional rights, and they are, they are, they are bending the data uh, to the point of nearly breaking, and then refusing to participate, refusing to help, refusing to change when they're wrong when they're called out on it, that raises a lot of questions to me that are just uh, uh, that are just terrifying uh, at that point um i wanted to get into your discussion about the concealed carry license decline but we don't have enough time today uh so i'll give you a chance here the last uh three minutes or so uh of your final thoughts uh we probably won't see it before uh the end of the year so anything else you want to share with us here dr lott i give you the floor dr john lott our guest here uh, on the program this morning
1: well i mean i can talk very very quickly about the permits
4: uh we,
1: I've been collecting data on the number of concealed carry permits across the country since 1998. And uh, this year is the first year that you've actually seen a slight decline in the number of concealed handgun permits nationwide. It's been increasing every other year. And uh, there seems to be a very simple reason for it. We now have 27 constitutional carry states, including Alaska. and uh, you see an increase in the permits in the 23 states where you have to have a permit to be able to carry uh but you see a a, a slight decline slightly larger drop in the 27 constitutional carry states so more people are carrying uh it's just that you not everybody needs to have a permit to be able to go and carry right and um uh and you know, for a number of years, you actually continue to see increases in the constitutional carry states. But now that you have over half the states are constitutional carry, you know, before you might have a permit, uh, because even if your state was a constitutional carry, the states that were adjacent to you or nearby uh, may not have been constitutional carry. And so you need to have a permit to be able to go and carry in those places. But now that almost you know a huge percentage about 60% or so of the country by land mass uh and about 44% of the population uh is covered by constitutional carry uh it's you know no longer necessary uh necessarily to go and get a, a permit to yeah. carry
4: well, it, it I'm a prime example of that. I had a I had a carry permit when Alaska had the permit system to begin with, but the minute that they instituted constitutional carry, I allowed my permit to lapse and I haven't had a permit since. Um and so I'm a prime example of that. So the, it's it's not really bad news in the form of oh, concealed carry permits are dropping. It's the fact that all these states have allowed you to do it without begging the government's permission to go forth and do it at this point. Right yeah it, well, it's... but
1: people can find more on that and every, I mean it's like about 12 other points in our in our study but people can find our study and they can find all the other things that you and I have talked about on our website at crimeresearch.org crimeresearch.org.
4: uh, I'm going to post it all up. Uh, I posted a link to that article specifically in the chat room, and I'll post up a copy of the uh, article from America's First Freedom as well. Dr. John Lott is our guest. We appreciate it. Merry Christmas to you, sir. Thank you for coming on board. Uh, We appreciate you being part of the show as always
1: well thank you for being there uh i greatly appreciate you having me
4: on thank you all right if you'd hold for just one second john we'll be right to, to you here during the break folks we got more coming up our two dead ahead don't go anywhere the michael duke show common sense radio uh donna ardwin in the chat room uh is with us today uh i don't know if you've ever met donna uh john but she is uh She's a financial expert that's worked with Schwarzenegger and Bush and many other states trying to bring them back on track. She's a friend of the show here, and she asked a question uh, earlier on and says, great guest, did you see Christopher Ray testifying before the Senate bone-chilling? Are you familiar with Ray's testimony recently?
1: Uh, well, yeah, I mean, he was just uh, kind of called out for uh, kind of the, going after the Catholics and others. Uh there yeah i mean i, I i've seen clips for, but
4: this is kind of the but this is kind of what we're talking about these agendas uh because ray is with the fbi for folks who don't know yeah
1: yeah yeah. he's the director the fbi director yeah
4: and so he's you know it, this is kind of indicative of the whole thing that we've been talking about i mean again i keep going back to their their image that they've had for years of you know they're the boy scouts of the of the law enforcement world but the more we hear about it, the more we hear about the insider stuff, the more we see about kind of the prosecution of people for January 6th stuff and all these other kind of things, we realize that that image is, is more false than anything else. And your stories about working within the system, trying to find just, just data and being stonewalled is just another example of why we should be very leery of, of kind of anything coming out of that at this point.
1: Yeah, no, I agree.
4: Yeah, it's uh,
1: it's, uh, you know, as I say, my direct contact was with the data people. But uh, obviously, uh, as the questioning of Ray indicates that there are other areas of the FBI that people have real concerns about. So
4: uh, I agree, you know. Uh, final question, Dr. Lott. This is very frivolous, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Do you have a favorite holiday recipe that you and your family always cook for the holidays? Is there something that you always look forward to? And- I'm the
1: wrong person to ask about cooking. <laughs> I'm the wrong person to ask about
4: cooking. You're like, if it comes in tinfoil it can be heated up in the stove, it's good? Is that is that the kind of person? Well, I just – it's – it's com-
1: you know, you want to ask me about data or regressions or something like that, I'm the guy. But if you want to ask me about <laughs> recipes,
4: that's 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 way above my pay grade. Well, but you do have to eat. I know that you're a human being, so you do have to Why eat. To- I
1: eat, I consume it, but it's to ask me, uh, you know – about my knowledge in this area extends <laughs> to things like, well, uh, I like leftover Turkey I know, like, <laughs> and stuff. Like
4: that. Well, that's, I guess the, who doesn't like <laughs> leftover Turkey at that point. Right. Uh, I just wanted to know if there was like a favorite meal that you had for Christmas or something that you had for Christmas. We're having a big recipe contest uh, right now. So we're trying Yeah, well, to- uh, I just know,
1: I just know it's, Turkey, and it's stuffing, and I eat it, and, and it, that's good. And I so eat it, right. and it's
4: good, full belly, tryptophanic coma when you're done. That's what everybody's looking for when they're eating the turkeys, a little bit of right. that tryptophan. Right. Well, Dr. Lott, Merry Christmas to you, my friend. I appreciate all you do, all the hard work that you put in there, and the fact that you are willing to come on to this little podunk radio show is uh, is a blessing to me. So I appreciate you, sir, and I hope you have a very Merry Christmas and a happy holidays.
1: Yeah, Merry Christmas to you, too, Michael. All right. Thanks very much.
4: You, we'll talk to you soon. Take care. Uh, Dr. John Lott, our guest here uh, on The Michael Duke Show. Uh, we appreciate him uh, coming on and being a part of the program today. Well, I mean, that raises a lot of questions, uh, for me anyway. I mean, I look at that and I just go, I mean, how, what? You know, they're, they're supposed to be, the boys in blue are supposed to be the good guys, right? I mean they're supposed to be the ones that you can trust and the you know the and and they've they've worked on that image, I mean, especially after the debacle that was j edgar hoover um you know, and some of his political machinations that he had going on um you know that was a little bit of a tarnishment to the agency's image over the years, but after that kind of quieted down they you know they really were supposed to be the shining star of uh uh, in the firmament of of governmental you know enforcement and the more i hear about this over the last 10 15 years the more i'm becoming convinced that that is almost like a it's become almost like a nest of vipers um, and i'm sure that the, there's some there's some frontline people that are dedicated and they're you know they've sworn to uphold the constitution but at this point again it goes back to the leadership becoming so political and so agenda driven that it really makes me start to question the, you know, the veracity of that, um, of that reputation. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's crazy. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm frustrated. I'm, I'm frustrated by that and that story. I mean, when you've got one department in the FBI or the Department of Justice asking another department for some, just some numbers, just some numbers and statistics, and they stonewall and then say you have to file a FOIA to get the information, who, who's who's in charge of that madhouse? You know, who's in charge of the madhouse? Yeah, remember the innocent people from the Kenai? You mean the, the Hoopers down in uh, Homer who had their front door busted open by the FBI? And showing up in that kind of stuff, ah, it's not – it's just not a good look for what's supposed to be the preeminent law enforcement agency in the country. You know, I mean, Brian's right uh, with his comment of the state is not your friend. And he doesn't mean the state of Alaska. He means the state government. They're just not your friend. And we keep wanting to believe in our heart of hearts that they are. But unfortunately, it doesn't work that way.
5: Put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out com for information on how to get access to the podcast.
4: The Michael
0: Duke Show. I have two guns, one for each of
1: you. B- 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 Firearms Friday. As Thomas Jefferson stated, it is the right and duty of the people to be at all times armed. To be at all times armed. Say hello to
2: my little friend. I
0: say that the Second Amendment is in order of importance, the First Amendment. The right to keep and bear arms is the one right that allows rights to exist at all.
3: The right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Not be infringed. Firearms.
0: From my cold, dead hands.
4: Friday.
2: That's my This this my gun. This is for Friday it's for fun.
1: Firearms
4: Friday. Firearms Friday. Uh, your chance to sound off on issues of a 2A nature. Right here on the Michael Duke Show. Good morning, and welcome to the program. We are happy that you are here to uh, join us today for this uh, for this beautiful. I mean, it's warm. It's like twenty four degrees. We got three inches of snow, four inches of snow, maybe overnight, and uh, <clears throat> definitely looking more and more like it's going to be a white Christmas around here after the seven feet of snow that we got in November. I think it's safe to say it's going to be a white Christmas uh, around here uh, for ready. And I'm ready for it. I am all about that Christmas time. It's going to be uh, going to be a beautiful, beautiful, uh, beautiful day. Um, So thanks for coming in. We just finished up with Dr. John Lott, who is the president of the Crime Prevention Research Center. If you didn't uh, get a chance to See him or hear him, um, you can go back and listen on the podcast, which is available on Spotify, wherever wherever you find great podcasts, uh, CastBox, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, wherever. <clears throat> uh, but a Spotify is the easy one. Or you could just go back to Facebook and watch the replay on Facebook as well. Lots of good conversation and uh, discussion with him. Uh, the takeaway for me uh on that whole thing from dr lott is that it's showing us that the more government grows the more dysfunction that continues to appear in it i mean this is you know this is the 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 tyranny of bureaucracy right more and more people have become parts of the system they get in you know they get involved there they get invested and then they slowly start utilizing it for their own political ends, or towards their to furthering their own political philosophies. And that's, you know, especially in an organization like the FBI, that's supposed to be, that's supposed to be, they're supposed to be beyond that, right? And it is a, uh, it's 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 frustrating to watch this kind of stuff because, like I said, I mean that they the 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 FBI has always been held up as the the one institution that you could trust, right? I mean, that they were the boys in blue, they were the Boy Scouts, they were there to help you, they were there to protect America and do all these things. And when we start to hear about some of these actions, and I'm not talking about specifically uh, like the guys in the field, I think that there's probably still a lot of great constitutional loving Americans in the field but when you start hearing about the actions of the bureaucrats behind the scenes and in the you know in the back rooms and in the the big office buildings and the and the leadership and the political appointees and we're hearing more and more about uh their actions and what they're doing the fact that they won't right wrongs that they won't correct mis you know misinformation that they'll you know which means that they are literally intentionally putting out false information um is um Disheartening, more more than anything else. I mean, again, it's not like I've had a great love or trust of government for my entire life. But you know, I used to at least think a little bit. Well, there's at least one good organization in there, and now, uh, you know, it, it's it it's it's tough. Uh, I've met and known some FBI agents over the years. I've had great conversations with them. Many of them, again, are patriots. But when they're if their bosses, if those in the higher-up echelons of the organization have got an agenda, how frustrating must it be for some of the rank-and-file people down there as well? Uh, Bill says, does this actually surprise you, really? Well, I guess maybe it's nostalgia on my part. Maybe it's a little bit of intentional naivete that I wanted to believe in at least one thing. Um, but and this is not an instantaneous it's like I'm not surprised like right now, because I've been watching this over the last 10 years. I've been watching, you know, 10, 15 years, I've been watching this slow change in the organization. I guess I'm hearkening back to when I was younger and wanted to believe at least that there was one good, you know, agency that would still look out for us. But I've been disabused of that over the last 10 years. I mean, I'm I'm not shocked by Dr. Lott's comments and his story now. Um, although the blatancy of it really kind of blows my mind, um, you know, the, the blatancy that one department of the of the FBI, one one part of the Department of Justice asks another part of the Department of Justice for some numbers for some reporting and they stonewall them and then demand that they have a FOIA. They're not going to give them the information. I mean, that's not just petty infighting. That's protectionism for an agenda. Uh, Which is unfortunate, Um, you know. Yeah. I mean, Waco, Ruby Ridge, there's a whole I mean, there's all kinds of things. The 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 uh, the the standoff in Oregon. Uh, Like I said, I've been disabused of that over the last 10 or 15 years more than anything else. And the more I read, the more frustrated I get about it, because, again, that's supposed to be uh, one of our last, you know, as civilians, as citizens, that's supposed to be one of our kind of our last bastions of of goodness and and everything that's american so it's um it's frustrating um and you're right jim once they kicked out Mulder and scully the fbi has really gone downhill some of you will get that some of you will not (laughs) oh man all right well hey welcome uh welcome to the program um it is firearms friday and i guess we should um I guess we should open up the phone lines and uh, start to talk to uh, take some calls from you guys to see what you guys uh, have to say uh, on, the, on the on this beautiful, blessed Friday, uh, getting ready to do things. Uh, Chris Chang, who normally joins us on the second Friday of the month, uh, I announced it last hour, but he uh, he reached out to me last night and said he is <clears throat> very much under the weather. And uh, asked if he if he could push off until um, January, which I you know I'm very happy to uh, do that. I wish him and his family a very merry Christmas. Uh, kind of a tough situation when you're not when you're not feeling good to be able to get up early and have to do this. So he's uh, he's not going to be uh, he's not going to be joining us today. Uh, so it's just you and me until we hit up with Willie Waffle here at the end of the show this morning. Uh, which reminds me, I also want to remind you, of course, the Holiday Recipe Contest is going on right now. Uh, the Holiday Recipe Contest is uh, is in full swing, and I've added more prizes. So now there's going to be two winners. Uh, one prize package is the Beard Curdler Coffee and the Coffee Mug, which, you know, that's a $40 whatever it is value. But the second prize is a pair of gift certificates to Point Blank Firearms uh, in in uh, Palmer, where they I have a pair of certificates for a basic pistol class so you and a friend can go take a basic pistol class together that's a $250 value so whoever wins gets their choice of prize packages and whoever is second runner up is going to get whatever the other person doesn't take but I mean now I put some now there's some stuff on the line there so go out there and post your recipe contest up on the uh, on the page and uh, go uh, go off with you be free enjoy it it's going to be fun stuff all right, let's uh, let's go over to the phones since uh, I've just joined. I just turned the phones. Uh, well, I like connected to the phones. They were already on apparently because uh, I got two callers in the uh, in the chat room already. So let's go over there and see what you guys have to say at 907-433-3150. four three three thirty one fifty. Let's uh, start over here. Good morning. Who's this? Uh, where are you calling from? Hey,
0: good morning, Michael. Calling from uh, North Pole Fairbanks area. I had a nice uh, warm uh, eighteen below at my place this morning.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and uh, anyway, uh, a couple of things. One, um, you know, I do cowboy action shooting, and um, um, we've got a shoot on Sunday, and uh, we start in one o'clock for registration and so forth, and then actual firing starts at two, and goes to usually about four or four thirty, depending on how many show up as to the, how long the matches go. But, um, if anybody was interested in that, uh, they could come out and we shoot small bore in, inside the TVSA shooting range, which is, you know, Caddy corner across there from where Fred Meyer West is. Right, right. And, um, if any, you know, if any, anybody's interested in that, they could come out and, um, and have a look, see, and join us if they want. Anyway, uh, something else I'd like to mention, uh. Last Gun Collectors is putting on that gun show next weekend at Shoppers Forum up here in in Fairbanks. And um, um, it's going to run Saturday and Sunday. Saturday, open to General Public from 10 till 6, and then Sunday, 11 till 5. And if anybody wanted to get tables, they could call uh, this number here uh, 907. 451 and talk to John over there at the uh, place where he works. And, um, um, but, um, um, anyway, that's, uh, all right. Pretty much what I had to
4: thank you. Thank you, Larry. To... I appreciate you calling in. And, uh, all right. M- Merry Christmas to you, sir. Thank you for being part of the show today. I got 3 more lines on hold. Everybody wants to talk about something this morning. Let's go over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from?
0: Good morning, Michael. This is this is Ryan North Pole. How are you today?
4: Oh, you know what, my friend? It's just another beautiful Friday. What more could you ask? We're only a few couple weeks from Christmas, and I'm I'm ready, sir. How about yourself?
0: Yeah. I'm well, thank you. Uh your discussion with Dr. Lott this morning triggered something from the past and, uh, in, and also in connection with your uh, monologue that you opened the second hour with. A number of years ago, I worked for a subcontractor to a federal agency, Translate Marshall Service. And uh, his dealings with DOJ is what triggered this. Uh, the deputies that I worked directly for when they referred to uh, the headquarters of the Department of Justice, they simply called it Main Justice, and the way they spoke of it was almost as if they were, well, let's take for example, a Muslim would uh, discuss the Kaaba Stone. and uh, <laughs> that's uh, just kind of an observation.
4: That it was almost that it was uh, almost it, lionizing it, it, or uh, religious in nature or what.
0: Uh, it was almost like a blind obedience.
4: That's troubling uh, for on several levels, uh, because they've all taken an individual <clears throat> oath to uphold the Constitution. But if if they just look back to main justice and to the Department of Justice as the ultimate arbiter of all things, that's a, I mean, that's a little troubling. Were you disturbed by that, Ron? Uh, tremendously. And uh, so
0: are you in a very, rather vicarious manner, because I patted you down on one occasion. Too much of our mutual chagrin.
4: <laughs> it's always my favorite. Always my favorite. Uh, just a little bit more to the left, Ron. A little bit more to the left. <laughs> I,
0: I, I recall. I recall it. I recall it distinctly. <laughs> <laughs> Man. But at, at any rate, I just thought I thought I'd throw that in to give a little. Uh, uh, overview for, you know, the 30,000 feet overview of the Department of Justice and how it works or doesn't.
4: All right. Well, thank you, Ron. I appreciate the insight on that. Uh, right. Appreciate you calling in. Merry Christmas to you, my friend. All right. All right, folks, we are coming up on it. I do still have two more lines. Callers, just hold the line for a second. I'll be right back to you. The Michael Duke Show continues. It is Firearms Friday. Willie Waffle will be joining us up at the uh, end of the next segment. And we'll be doing some weekend movie stuff on Monday. Dr. Greg Hammer is going to come in in hour one to talk with us about how to beat the winter blues. And in hour two, Cindy Bertram is going to tell us about the joys and benefits of taking a cruising vacation. Why cruises are the best. We're going to find out more about that. It's going to be fun. That's on Monday. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense. Liberty Bay. Free Thinking Radio. Back with more and your phone calls right after this.
5: So, obey. Happy holidays. It's the Michael Dukes Show.
4: Okay, uh, in the break right now, we got two lines on hold. Let's go over to them real quick, and we will get their, f- their, we'll get their names, their phone numbers, their Social Security, their Visa pin numbers. We'll get it all right here. and We'll see if we can figure out who's uh, on the phone. We'll start over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hey, I'm Mike. It's Fred from Rhode Island. How you been? Hello, my friend. You hold the line. You are number one uh, with a bullet here uh, on the program. Uh, Fred's going to be number one in the queue. Let's go over here to the second caller. Good morning, caller. Who's this? Where are you calling from?
5: Oh, this is Webb in Anchor Point.
4: Hello, Webb. If you'll uh, you'll hold the line for a minute, we will be right back to you. You'll be number two in the queue. And, uh, we'll be, uh, we'll be taking your call here, uh, as soon as we come back from the, uh, from the, uh, uh, commercial break. All right. So there we go. Let's go over here. Um, I'm going back to say, um, I'm going back here to say what's going on in the chat room to see what's going on. Uh, Harold says, my thinking is weak. The FBI is solid. The FBI is solid. Um, and somehow it's because Trump doesn't like the FBI that I don't like the FBI. I don't know why he keeps bringing up Trump. Like, I, you know, anybody who's listened to this program for five minutes know that I am not a fan of Trump at all. But, you know, just keep flapping those lips, my friend. Just keep flapping those lips. I should J.I.H. You know, I should. I should just. That's what I should do. Uh, but Jim's comment, by the way, still wins the internet for today. Once they kicked out Molly and Mulder and Scully, the FBI has really gone downhill. I agree with that. I absolutely agree with that. Um, let's see. Uh, <laughs> Brian, Brian wanted to know, I think he, when I was talking about the contest and I'm like, I've upped the prizes and he's like a date with Jamie Lee. No,
5: that's not, that's not going to be,
4: um, Let's see. Can't wait until Friday, says David. It is Friday, David. Next Friday, you mean? Or this I mean, it's Friday right now. Uh, you don't have to wait, David. I hate to tell you, it's Friday. Um uh, it's uh it's great. Um let's see. Uh Genie ba, 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 ba. It's not whether the DOJ works, it's who they work for. Um is a good thing. Um oh man, all right, uh, I've caught up on all the comments uh here this morning. I also posted up the two stories uh that uh, we talked with Dr. Lott about this morning, so just in case whoops, let me not do that uh just in case you were um uh the first freedom one, this is the one about the the FBI statistics and how they've been wronged and how he couldn't get the information. And the second one is his, uh, here's the second one. This is the uh, ones on his concealed carry research and why permits are dropping around the, did those show up on Facebook? If you're on Facebook right now, just tell me, did those po- did those links that I just dropped in there show up? If not, because they, they're saying that they didn't get posted. Let me know if they showed up in the uh, chat, if you're watching on Facebook this morning, because um, I just reposted both of those. They did. okay. See, my side says that they only went out to YouTube and Twitch. So there you go. All right. I'll quit double posting everything. The first one did. The second one didn't. I see them both, says Chris. Okay, All right. Anyway, great stories. Both of them. They're good stuff. You should go check it out. Uh, It's uh, it's amazing. I'm glad it's Friday. I'm ready for the weekend. I'm having a real hard time right now. I'll be honest with you. (laughs) I mean, I am only what am I? Eight working days away from being on vacation, and I'm just uh, I'm ready. I'm just ready right now. Just want to go on vacation. I'm. I just. I, I need a. I need a mental break, my friends. I need a mental break. I should do ASMR. Hello. Here's your. Here's your. I hope you're sleeping. I mean, you know, this is my wife said. She says, you should do ASMR. Uh, (laughs) Go to sleep. Go to sleep. Or I will put you to sleep. That's, that's, you know, me just talking the whole time. That would be creepy as hell. All right, we're going to jump into it. Here we go. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio.
5: What the hell is an assault weapon?
1: You know, if we could just figure out how to get all of the murder guns and the attack guns and not keep selling those to people and just sell protection guns, I think that would be great and solve a lot of problems.
5: Does this mean that if we hurt your feelings, you'd consider the Michael Duke show assault radio? (laughs) Okay, we can live with that. Here's Michael Dukes.
4: All right, we're back. Uh, The Michael Duke show, Common Sense Radio. Uh, we uh, are uh, jumping back into, oops, looks like we lost Fred for a minute, so we'll come back to him if he calls back in. Meanwhile, Webb is down in Anchor Point. He wanted to join us on the phone this morning for some discussion, so let's see what he has to say. Good morning, Webb. What's on your mind, sir?
5: Uh, good morning. Good morning, Michael. Hey, I have a pretty basic question. Yeah, We live in a state where we don't need a concealed weapon permit, but I'd like you to discuss maybe the pros and cons of Of getting a concealed weapons permit, I'm I'm deciding that maybe I should get one, and uh, I like your views on that.
4: Well, there are there are some pros to it. Um what uh my friend Joe Nava used to say Joe Nava was a, a a firearms instructor in Fairbanks for many 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 years one of the one of the cornerstones of the firearms community in Fairbanks he was a, an instructor and an instructor's instructor I got my, my I got my firearms instructor's uh certification from him but what he used to say was that first and foremost the concealed carry permit tells the any law enforcement that you happen to interact with that you're one of the good guys right it's a good guy card which i mean i i believe in in some respects i think yeah that's it's good it does do that uh, although for me personally that's never been a it's never been a, a thing that i cared about that much i don't really care whether they think i'm a good guy or not i know my rights and i'm going to do the best that i can but that is at least one thing it at least notifies them that you've gone through the system and you've done the checks and all that other kind of stuff. so that's that is it is a positive whether you whether you want that or not, it is a positive. The second thing that you get out of it is that it gives you a pass on the NICS background check because you have an active if you have an active a uh, concealed carry permit, uh, you, can get you can get a pass on the NICS check. You still have to fill out the paperwork, but because of that, for a few years there, it wasn't being done. They weren't allowing it. But my understanding is about four or five years ago they reinstated it, where you don't have to wait for the next background check. You just fill out the paperwork, show your show your your license, and um, and you can walk out. You don't have to wait for them to call or do anything else. So that's the second thing. The third thing that you get is that there is the reciprocity reciprocity with other states. Now, your mileage may vary. You've got to figure out which states will accept an Alaska concealed carry license versus which state won't. But there's something like 36 states or something at the last time. I It's been a while since I checked, but there were over 30 states that would accept an Alaska concealed carry permit. So if you had to go down and do traveling or you were going to visit family or something, you were in those states and you wanted to bring your handgun to protect yourself. Uh, If that state allowed reciprocity with an Alaska permit, then you could uh, carry the permit, bring your firearm, carry your firearm along with your permit, and that would be okay. But again, since now we have something like 27 states with constitutional carry, that has made that probably less of an issue. than it, was, uh, it, than it was in the past. So those are kind of the three big reasons why. And I would say fourth, and this is kind of more an amorphous thing, but to get your concealed carry permit, you have to go through the concealed carry permit course, which includes a lot of basic information, uh, a lot of, uh, it gives you the a lot of the legal advice and the legal background to understand when you can deploy use of force and all those things. I mean, I recommend people go through that course, even if they don't, apply for their license simply because it gives them a grounding in the in the in the practice of carrying your firearm I think that's an actual plus as well but it's a little more amorphous than the other three so webb I don't know if that answered your question or not
5: oh I believe it did I right, thank you very much for your input.
4: All right. Well, thank you for your call today, my friend. Merry Christmas to you, and uh, thanks for listening to the program. We'll uh, head over here to uh, the next caller and see who it is. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from?
6: Hi, Michael. It's uh, Fred. Yeah, I guess we got. I guess we got dropped again. <laughs> dropped again on the online. The online portion of it. Oh, thing.
4: there you go. What's a, what's uh, yeah, on your mind, you sir? Know, this, this whole.
6: Anyway, you know the, uh, the whole thing, this whole thing with the FBI and the, a lot of, it's not just the FBI, but there's a lot of government agencies and uh, you know programs that have been infiltrated by the wokes and the progressives, which is back to uh, Bolshevikism, you know, uh, policy of theirs, you know, with uh, you know one of you know the anti-gun, the anti-gun crowd, you know, the power and money behind it, which is, you know it's a lot of BS, but that's that you know that, that's the game they're playing these days. As Biden is allowing to happen, but uh, you know the whole thing—it's it, 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 all nonsense. It's all political. It's all one-sided. You know, especially the FBI. You know, holding withholding the data that they're looking for to do the proper research, not the BS research that a lot of these college professors sit there and just one Saturday night they'll sit around with a case of beer and dream up the uh, you know the answers to the questions. Without any doing any research, which has been proven time and time and time again by a number of people, you know, they sit there and they come up with these things, and they just let them, uh, they just let them spew out anything they want to say about it and take it as gospel. Well, anybody who does that is going to be some kind of an idiot to begin with. However, you know, this is what this is what they're pushing along, you know, just you know. I, I, take it at face value and, take, you know, believe, believe it as the, the, the written word, which is it's, it's all nonsense. Right. It, 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 it's all crap.
4: Well, it's it, it you know, it's frustrating uh, to see your own government agencies, your own tax dollars, the organization that's supposed to be there protecting and upholding your rights. It's frustrating to see them working on their own personal or political agendas, to see them working against the common interest and common good of people in many ways. Um, it's frustrating. And in, in in some instances, it's terrifying because here is an organization or an organism that has unlimited resources uh, that if it decides to put you in their crosshairs, you're in some real trouble because you as an individual probably don't have unlimited resources. Uh, I've often said there's few things that really scare me in life. But one thing that scares me is a federal agency that wants to come down and ruin you because, you know, how do you stand? How do you stand against that? It's a very, very frustrating. Um, it's a very, very frustrating thing to watch, for sure. I agree.
6: I uh, Well, yeah. The, the way, the way, I think the the best way to fight this, you know, stand up against it is to just say we will not accept any of this. We will put our foot down politically. Come election time, you know, it's, we just have to sit there and just realize, take take, take into account all common sense on all subjects, and especially what they're doing now. And they film us up there, he's coming up with this crazy bill about gas operated guns and all these. they got, now they got this, this, they got the Catholic nuns now sitting there trying to go after Smith <laughs> and Western for the <laughs> AR-15 manufacturing. Oh, I saw is, that. You know, it's all being politicized. It's all being money thrown around, influence being pushed, pushed in places where, you know, it normally would not be pushed into. And it's just manipulation. It's just being manipulated to you know, the to the flock of sheep. And if you sit there and want to be considered one of the flock one one of the sheep in the flock, well, you know, you well know, it's on you. You know, you sit there and you take everything you got, might as just well flush it down the toilet because that's just gonna wind up eventually. Well but if you wanna stand up to it, you sit there and say, No, we're not accepting it. You see the game, you see what you're up to, They're sitting there and especially now they're sitting there and using the uh, the all the uh, Newtown December the Newtown, you know, reenactment, uh, you know, revisiting reenactment for pushing gun control, the ban on assault weapons on high capacity magazines, which is nothing. I mean, nobody has mentioned anything about going to the source, which is, you know, criminals, mental health, drugs and gangs. You know, you should be in everything you can do as far as what they call gun violence falls into that category. And they've right, done right. violence, this is violence period, but they want to push a political agenda.
4: Yeah, no, I I, uh, I agree. And I think you're talking about uh, basically civil disobedience, which I think is one of the most American of attributes. And maybe one day that will be what we have to do. We just have to kind of stand up and say what you're doing is not right. It's not constitutional. and But I think we can't do it individually. We've got to do it more as a you know, because individuals will get picked off. I think you have to do it more as a group uh, as you go through. Fred, Merry Christmas to you, my friend. It's good to talk with you. I guess we'll see you next week. Thank you for calling in and joining us. Uh, I see here in the uh, I see here in the chat room that Jeannie makes a couple of comments about um, if you do have a concealed. One of the downsides to the concealed carry permit is that would be the first people in line to have law enforcement knock at your door to collect your firearms. It also could give them a reason to search you or search your vehicle although there's some challenges to that. That'd be an interesting discussion for the whole thing. We should talk about that interaction with law enforcement here next Friday. Uh, But we gotta go. We're up against the break. Willie's gonna call us here in just a second. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio.
5: Streaming live every weekly morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com.
4: Um, Donna is true. My husband was pulled over for speeding, and uh, his concealed carry card uh, got him a full body and vehicle search. Well, just because you have a concealed carry card does not give them permission, does not give them permission probable cause to search your vehicle. Different different states have different laws about interactions with law enforcement if you have a concealed carry card. In Alaska, you are supposed to notify law enforcement if you're having an official what they call an official contact. If you're having an official contact with law enforcement, you're supposed to notify them that you have a concealed carry permit and that you have a concealed carry firearm on your possession and that if they ask you to surrender to them for the duration of the stop or the interaction, you're supposed to do so. Um, but it does not give them carte blanche to search your vehicle unless they have probable cause to believe. And and at that point, remember, they will always ask you, can I search your vehicle? If they are saying, get out, I'm going to search your vehicle, that's different than, can I search your vehicle? Um, and you just got to remember, you know, a right, a right uh, uh, that is not, you know, enforced or not, uh, you know, not upheld by you is a right lost. Um, there's a whole, you know, th- th- there's a whole thing uh, involved in that, uh, and maybe we should do a. We haven't done a. We haven't done a show on that in uh, uh, in a long time. That is something that we should be, you know, uh, something we should be talking about more and more. Uh, interactions with law enforcement. Uh, Brian says I would agree that would be a good topic. Uh, interactions with LEOs, maybe a review of Alaska law uh, with uh, regarding in regards to concealed carry uh, weapons. I, we might do that. I think it's been a it's been a hot minute since we've done that. Ooh, hey, look at that! Got, uh, I mean, isn't that fancy. I love that. I love that behind the. That's ah, very Christmassy. Oh, that's very. That's. I feel like I'm a Sith now. Oh, I'm a Sith. I'm a Sith. It's dark red, uh, but a green and Christmassy and uh it can do all kinds of stuff what was the thing where is it there was a christmas one i was going to do the christmas one one of these days christmas time is here and oh it's so slow so slow you can't see it behind you uh all right well i'm sorry let me go back to where i was uh i was doing orange okay because willie's going to call in and he's got the orange background um good way to get yanked out of your vehicle says sandy Which part? Getting yanked out of your vehicle. Um, I mean, I have had interactions with law enforcement over the years, you know, for speeding tickets or whatever, um, where I've informed them. uh, Only one time was it ever a problem. The guy demanded my firearm. Okay. I gave it to him. Um, He then took it back to his car. Was going to write me a ticket or something. Comes back with my 19, I have a 19, it was a pair ordinance 1911. So it was a high capacity 1911. He came back with a Ziploc baggie and he showed it to me. And it was literally my pistol disassembled, like down to the, it was like pieces and parts. And he had taken every cartridge out of the magazine. And so this whole thing is like a big jingle bag of stuff. And he goes, Okay, I'm going to give you this back, but I'm going to put this back. I was driving a pickup truck. I'm going to put this back here and you don't get out of your vehicle and get it until I leave. And I'm like, Jesus, what is wrong with you? I informed you that I was armed, and and was it, it was it was the most bizarre interaction I've ever had. <laughs> it was it's just like one of those times where I'm like, really? I, I mean, you you think that? I mean, I just you know, it's it's frustrating. Uh, first of all, the fact that you have to surrender your firearm after you've notified them. You know, all I can think of is every time you're doing something like that, especially with a loaded handgun, especially if it's one that they don't, they're not familiar with, or you know, whatever, you're just asking for a discharge, right? An, an accidental discharge. If they're going to try and dis, they're going to try and unload it or do whatever. It's just frustrating. But to have this guy come back and be like, um, you know, he literally put it. It was a gallon Ziploc baggie full of parts, and uh, yeah. It's, it's crazy. Um, it's anyway, um, Debbie got purple lights for her Christmas tree. Was that a mistake? Is that what you're saying? That was a mistake. I should not have gotten purple lights. Well, purple lights would look really cool on a white tree or a pink tree. My wife has a my wife has a small pink tree in her entryway. She loves it. She got she's got like silver and blue, and it's a pink tree. With she's got a theme going on. I mean that girl, she can she loves that stuff, and uh, she's got this little four foot pink Christmas tree that sits on a table, and uh, it's uh, anyway it's it's good stuff. Uh, all right. Uh, we're coming up on it. Willie waffle. The phone's going to buzz here in just a second. So we're going to get with him and, uh, we're going to be, uh, we're going to be, we're going to be doing it here, uh, and getting some weekend entertainment reviews. It's going to be fun stuff. Uh, please like share, subscribe, ring the bell, do all that stuff. And, uh, just, uh, just, uh, let's get to it. I'm looking for the lighter side. I love that lighter side. Let's get to it. Here we go. Well, hello, it's time to finish our Friday. You know it, you know what it is, Willie Waffle, wafflemovies.com. I do this because I love it. I mean, I just, you know, I know some of you are like, I just want to talk more. Just give me something fun to talk about. And there's nobody more fun, in my opinion, that I know personally than Willie Waffle. You're a fun guy. You're a fun guy. That's what I try to tell all the ladies. <laughs> he's got a license plate and a bumper sticker. He's got a little chain That's around right. his He's got a little chain around his neck that in script says fun guy. I'm just, you know <laughs> he gets all the ladies. All right, my friend. You fir- need some fun in your life, baby. I do. I've got plenty of I'm married. I got plenty of fun. Um, all right. <laughs> let's um let's hit it uh I don't know where to start um I get we'll save the AI story for last because that's interesting to me, so Russian roulette you choose what what's what's our poison today, my friend? what are we dicking at here? What are we oh, dealing at? My favorite story of the week are you
3: ready for Kim Kardashian lawyer yes, <laughs> Kim kardashian that Actress, model—I don't know. Question mark? Yeah, you know, is yeah, she is attempting to spread her acting wings, my friends. And uh, you know, she's kind of established this relationship with Ryan Murphy, the guy who's done, you know, Glee and American Horror Story. Well, he's got a new show for Hulu that will feature Kim Kardashian as—and I'm sorry, this is the funny part—LA's most successful divorce attorney. <laughs> experience breeds
4: success (laughs) and she
3: and her character leads a law firm of all women in
4: what will be the legal drama series of 2025 (laughs) wow okay i mean you know it sounds like an american horror story line anyway but it's not it's a whole different series but boy it does sound that way doesn't it i just i cannot see kim kardashian being the lead in any
3: series that has any hope whatsoever, okay. I've 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 been exposed to her acting, and it it, it it's not that good. It's yeah, not.
4: No. Ugh. Well, um, I, we'll see how we'll see how. Ryan Murphy is either hit or miss, and I'm not really a fan of much of his work. But uh, <laughs> you know, some people love it. But there's been a few things where he has crashed and burned hard, and uh, I guess we'll see how this works out. Well, and I just I just want to see the
3: reaction. See, no nobody else has put this together yet. I have. Kim Kardashian is gonna be on a Hulu series. Hulu has just been bought by Disney Plus. Right. So now Kim Kardashian is a Disney princess. Oh god. Okay. All right. I can't no. No. Not no. No no no.
4: Uh all right. Speaking of princesses, how about Americans prince America's princess. Barbie. She's uh she's hitting the she's hitting the streams. That's right. Mark it down in your calendar,
3: all you Barbie fanatics, all you pink-wearing ladies and hey, anybody who wears pink, go for it. I don't care. It is December 15th. That will be your lucky day. That is the day that Max subscribers, that's right, Max, the formerly HBO Max, Max will be airing the Barbie movie.
4: Okay. I that's mean it. That's the story. That's, that's, that's the all story. I got. <laughs> well, I mean, you, there was the other thing, wasn't it, about the oh, ha- there ASL? Oh, there is. I'm sorry. Yeah. I did. I
3: forgot the other part. So what is very unique, and I think this, this kind of sets it apart. So um, for those who use American Sign Language, there is going to be a version of that movie on the app with a special ASL like performer who who will be who will be signing the movie uh, as if you were at the
4: theater or something like that. Okay, that's pretty cool. I mean, I uh, while I appreciate the sentiment, I've just got to wonder mm-hmm. how much of a marketing gag that is because if you have captions, why do you need ASL? I mean, well, I'm just asking. I'm just asking. I mean, I'm not I'm not dissing and I don't want anybody think that I'm dissing anybody who's hard of hearing or has an impairment. But if you have uh, it, especially if you have the what's the what's the special the special uh, closed caption that has like enhanced stuff that tells you all the sounds or stuff. What why would you need an ASL interpreter if you're getting it all in subtitles on the screen? I don't I guess I don't understand that maybe uh, you we're gonna have to look into this what if max doesn't provide that well that would be difficult that would be okay yeah. i see that i see that i'm okay yeah oh you
3: now, now you've got my brain turning i'm see? gonna have, i'm gonna have to do an investigation every, and every, come back
4: to us next week every now and then i can be taught i can come up with something crazy <laughs> uh jamie fox back in the limelight i guess back it for the first time Yeah, first
3: time, uh, making uh, his first public appearance uh, this week at the Critics' Choice Association uh, Celebration of Cinema and Television. And, you know, disclaimer, I am a member of the Critics' Choice Association. And, um, yeah, so uh, we had the big event uh, earlier this week, and uh, Jamie Foxx was one of the award winners, uh, kind of like one of those icon awards. And um, for the first time, he, he made a public appearance and walked up to the stage from his seat, and, uh, and outright said, that's something I couldn't do six months ago. Wow. And and was very, yeah, was very warm and, and very, very touching about, you know, he, he, he didn't really reveal anything new about his mystery ailment, but he, he he talked about how it really made him have a new respect for life and, and a new respect for his art and, and how important it was to him and, and how important art is in everybody's life. Sure. I sure. uh, said, I would
4: not wish the last six months on my worst enemy. Is there any speculation as to what it is? I'm trying to think of what could, cur- um, you know, the, men, meningitis or the, I mean, well, yeah. I, the big speculation was he had a stroke
3: and okay. and he just won't say it that he just won't say it because, you know, it, it's adding up that way. Just, you know, when we hear about the ailments and and the recovery time, uh, you know, he, he was seen or uh, his family was seen outside of uh, one of the major stroke rehabilitation treatment centers in Chicago. Um. After this happened, uh, so yeah, it's it's kind of been assumed that
4: he had a stroke, but no speech impairment or anything else, or you know, no, uh, thank
3: yeah. God, yeah. and 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 he's been able to physically recover. I mean, mostly physically recover. I mean, I don't think we'll ever truly know. Um, how bad it was or how much better he is or or what kind of lasting effects he has, because he, he just seems to be very private outside of this this revelation yeah. well, this week, uh, which which he's avoided. I mean, let's face it. Yeah. You know, Jamie Foxx probably has offers from every morning television show, every news television show to come on and talk about this. And, and he just hasn't.
4: Well, good for him. I mean, we'll let we'll let him rest. I was just curious more than anything else. Yeah. Uh, the final story from the entertainment news is to voice actors is one that, like myself, is is kind of spooky. AI is now rearing its ugly head even more. This is a
3: wild story. This this is in many ways the actor's worst nightmare. So, ladies and gentlemen, how would you like to have a bedtime story read to you? by jimmy stewart well now you can so there's the the app the calm app if you've ever heard of that Yep. uh you know it, it's you know soothing sounds and stories to help you get to sleep at night and to relax at night and they have produced a bedtime story the it's a wonderful sleep story that is read to you by an artificial intelligence generated jimmy stewart voice
4: Right. this and, was the approval uh, you know, of his family, right? I mean, cause you got, you, you gotta, you gotta get yep. the estate and his family. And they signed off on this and said, yeah, go for it. Oh yeah. Cause they're getting paid. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah. Hey, Oh, wait, wait. I'm going to get paid how much and I don't have to do anything. Yes. That's great. Let's do it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, they did it. And then what they did is they, they kind of used an actor who can do a, basically a Jimmy Stewart impression right? Uh, to kind of lay down like a baseline and somehow they, they, they interweave his speech and his words that he's used and uh, they've cloned his voice. And uh, now Jimmy Stewart is reading you a bedtime story and somewhere, somewhere out there, Tom Cruise and George Clooney are crying because they don't want this to be done to them when they're gone for 30 or 40 years. Yeah. Uh, You know, I mean this, this, this is the big, this is the big fear. I mean, you know, the, the idea that, you know, 50 years down the road, the the you know what do I want to call it the avatar of tom cruise or the the hologram of tom cruise or the deep fake of tom cruise will be in mission impossible 25
4: right oh, you know exactly. I, hey i guess as long as you, know, you it, or your estate get paid it's not a big deal but oh man it's kind of spooky it really is kind of spooky to see oh this it stuff. is yeah hey you look at what kiss is doing you know kiss the, the band you know they they
3: had their final concert well supposedly final concert in madison square garden Uh, Over the weekend and uh, for the encore, they presented the Kiss Hologram Band that will be touring around and being sent around to do shows because Gene and Paul and the other guys are just too darn old to do this anymore. And so, you know, they're basically going to tour like that. The Rolling Stones. Mick Jagger has said, I could see us doing that. Wow. You know, basically the, the the hologram Rolling Stones are are doing a concert in Madison Square Garden in the year twenty seventy five. <laughs> you know, but, uh, Well, uh, you know, it, 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 there's a part of me that also worries though. Is is when you keep these other people alive and you keep these other talents alive. You do not give new talent a chance yeah. to flourish. Yeah. And, and and is that going to end up really hurting us? We're already seeing it in, in sequelitis and in, in movie heroitis. And I, I think that people are just dying for new original material. I, and if you keep yeah. bringing back the old stuff, that just ends the new stuff. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that's
4: pretty ranked. Yeah. All right, well, let's move on <laughs> to the movies and stuff. Uh, and this will be good. My family will love this. Monk is back. Mr. Monk's Last Case. Yes, the Monk movie is coming to Peacock
3: starting today. And yes, Tony Shalhoub is back. You can't replace him. You can't bring in a hologram Monk, okay? And uh, he, he has, uh, it turns out, he's been in retirement for several years. And uh, he's tried to kind of get past all of his his ailments, his obsessive compulsiveness and his germophobia. And, uh, well, let's just say COVID did not have a positive effect on all of that. And now he is back. and. Uh, his stepdaughter is getting married, but alas, a crime is committed, and he must step in to solve the case. In typical Monk fashion, baby, I... and and that's the thing. Yeah, this is a typical Monk. Yeah, if you're if you're a Monk fan. You're gonna be so happy because this is a reunion movie in so many ways. They're bringing back all the other characters, all the other actors. They're 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 having fun again. They're showing that same chemistry again. They're showing those same relationships again. You know, and and you know, I just think that Tony Shalhoub is perfect in this monk character, and and the way that he just expresses this self loathing that he has for his situation. You know, he, the struggles he's facing, and let's face it, the
4: great one liners that he typically has. Oh, he's got some uh, that great part ones, is yeah. Fun. I I, I yeah. haven't watched. I mean, I've watched some TV. Don't get me wrong, but there's not many mm-hmm. things. But this Monk is something that I watched a lot of with the kids, especially because it was always so much fun. And the Captain. Who is the Wild Bill from uh, from uh, Sli- Silence of the Lambs? We always joke yes, about yes. putting <laughs> the lotion in the basket, you know, when we see the captain and everything. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, <clears throat> it was a great show. It was really a great show. It had a good ending on the series, but uh, to bring it back and and see where he's gone since then, I'm down with that. It sounds like fun. I this is something I yeah. can get behind.
3: It's not much of a mystery. I mean, you know, if if you want a, a taut thriller or you're a mystery that's going to keep you on the edge of your seat this is not it uh you know but i'm at like two and a half waffles it's a
4: fun movie that's all we need that's all we need is just a little fun now i've been looking for this other one because i've been seeing some of the trailers and trying to understand what it's about and everything else on netflix it's called leave the world behind
3: that's right. Julia Roberts gets to be mean, baby. She gets to play the well, not the bad guy, but you know, something. She gets to play the Karen. Let's just be honest. That's what she <laughs> is. And uh, and uh, you know, her the story is very interesting. Her and her family have rented a vacation house out on out in the Hamptons on Long Island, and uh, things start to get a little bit weird. And all of a sudden, Mahershala Ali and his daughter knock on the door, and they say. We're the actual owners of this house, and we're sorry we've had to come back because of what's going on. And what's going on is it seems like the world is falling apart around us. And now all these people are in this house as the world is coming to an end, and they're debating. And they're having troubles, and there's strife, and nobody knows who to trust it, and, and if if anybody should be trusted, and how are they going to get out of this situation? What's really happening out there in the outside world
4: since they've really been disconnected, and they're not exactly sure. Okay, and that's I mean, what this movie is. It sounds interesting. I mean, it sounds like an interesting premise. How does it? How does it get pulled off? I, I you know, I think halfway. You know, I, I I'm
3: not as big of a fan of the the debate that's going on within the house you know kind of almost like this massive character study of every character uh you know it feels much more like a much more like like a theatrical play to me you know like hey we're gonna do this in one set and we're gonna have all this dialogue back and forth and we're gonna spur all these 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 uh discussions about society and and race and and and, and class and all these other things i wanted to see more about How's the world falling apart? Right. Because those, to me, are some of the most shocking scenes. I mean, you know, I'm trying not to give too much away, but you see some of the things that are happening, and you start to get a sense of what's really going on. And and that 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 I think that technological apocalypse is more interesting to me than the other battles.
4: Okay. All right. Negative one to four waffles (laughs) quickly. Where are we at? I'm at two and a half waffles. Okay. All right. Two and a half waffles for Leave the World Behind. Willie Waffle, wafflemovies.com. Next week, his last week with us for the year. Willie, thanks so much. Folks, we got to go. Don't go anywhere uh, until Monday. We'll see you Monday. Have a great weekend. Yeah, I mean, what you just described, I'm like, OK, so tell me, how does the world end and how does that impact them and what's going on? But if this is just a monologue between a bunch of people in a living room where they spend two hours in the living room talking about it, I don't know how exciting that can be.
3: Yeah, I think that's the failure. I mean, you know, when we get those first signs that something's wrong, you know, um, they're they're very impactful and they're very shocking. And, and you know, it, it reminds you of some of the great apocalypse, uh, apocalyptic movies that that you've seen in your lifetime. Uh, so that 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 visual I think is really what what should have been I think should have been more uh more prominent. Well, more it should
4: prominent. be a char- in a movie like this, that should be a character in the movie, right? I mean, essentially. Yeah. You should be treating yeah. it like a character and that character is developing while the rest of the stuff is going on. I mean, <laughs> look at me. I sound like a movie guy. Uh you know, but I mean <laughs> you know, that's what when you when you lay out the when you lay out the synopsis I'm like, yeah, that sounds good. And that's what I expect. And if it's not that, I could see why it might be a little disappointing. But still, two and a half waffles? Yeah, I'm at two and a half. I think they gave me enough to be interested. I mean, you know, come on, the movie's
3: a little bit over two hours, so Ooh, okay. they got to keep you interested somehow. Okay, all right, well, you made it through. Next
4: week, what are we getting?
3: Willy Wonka.
4: Willy, and this is the Timothy Chalamet one? Yep, yeah, sh- yeah, okay. with,
3: with you, Grant, as the Oompa Loompa.
4: i did see some screenshots of that and i was like oh god that's hysterical all right well we'll find out more about that and and you'll have the barbie asl question answered by then too right i i will be (laughs) doing
3: my research i will find out what's going on i will get to the bottom of this i i will put on my best sam donaldson hat and i am gonna get to the get to the nitty-gritty
4: there you go all right willie waffle thank you my friend folks we're out of time On Monday, Greg Hammer and Cindy Bertram. Uh, It's going to be fun stuff. We'll see you then.